What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hey, What You Watching, the kind of weekly podcast where Marcelo Pico and I discuss the films we've been watching. This is episode 91, Girl with the Podcast Tattoo, and I'm your host, Matt Curione, and with me as usual is... Hey, it's your co-host, Marcelo Pico. How you doing, Matt? Pretty darn good. It's a beautiful day here in New Jersey. Yay. <laughs> and it's a pretty decent day here in Texas. Texas. Where, where it hit about like 80. Um, lucky. lucky. <laughs> no, I want it to be cold. It's, then you should it, move up here. It's it late was pretty, November. It was pretty chilly today. I mean, it was nice today. I only had to wear like a like a like a hoodie. Uh, but you know, later later in the day, you know, it got a little cold, and uh, I'm fine with that because it's winter. Weather report. What was the temperature there in Jersey today? The exact um, temperature. I don't know. The it was around sixty degrees. <laughs> uh, I want that weather. Is what I'm saying. I I would rather have that. Right now, it's fifty. Oh. Well, let me see how this is. This is great podcasting, isn't it? Let's see. Let's let's, let's check the weather. Let's go to the weather report. Yeah, you say it's fifty there right now. Yes, it's sixty-seven here. It could be colder. Anyway, global warming. Um, how you doing, Matt? It's been a while. Pretty good. It's been a while. I mean, we've talked. Obviously, you know, we talk every day because we're friends. Uh, but no, <laughs> uh, seriously, uh, no, we talk every day because you know. We talk every day because we're contractually obligated to speak to each other. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it's because we're friends and we like to shoot the shit every day. Uh, but no, we've been, we've been doing the Spielberg thing. So, you know, we get to – I get to kind of talk to you for a little bit while you, you know, hit me up with some trivia. But no, I mean, uh, I've been pretty okay. I've uh, been watching a lot of movies. Uh, I've been reading. That's something I do now, I what? guess. Weird, right? Um, but yeah, no, having a – Having a good old time. Well, good. Yeah. I've been playing video games again. You've been playing that new Mario game, right? Yes, I uh, I beat the main story. Now I'm just trying to collect all the extra little collectibles so I can unlock the other worlds. Uh, and now I just got back into Skyrim because it came to the Nintendo Switch and I can bring it to work with me. So that's awesome. Cool. I don't play I, video games anymore. I'm a lizard man in that <laughs> game. My name is Kuron. Congratulations. Uh, which is kind of like Curion. It's how my uh, shithead gym teacher used to pronounce my last name in high school. <laughs> Curion. So this goes, this goes out to him. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's the name I've if, used in every RPG since high school. If if um, if I were going to buy any system, it'd be that Nintendo Switch, I think. looks looks the most fun. Yes, it's the best thing. Uh, that new Mario game is... Uh, just terrific. Uh, it's crazy that Nintendo... Uh, years ago, I used to cover video games, and they, I would every year I'd come up with like a, a Game of the Year list, uh, but this year they've made two of the best things I've played all year. They did Zelda and Mario, and yeah, Nintendo's doing really well. They kind of uh, bounced back from their Wii U years of uh, <laughs> not not being so great and knowing knowing what the hell that thing is. <laughs> well, that's that's great. Good for them. And, that, and thus ends our uh, yearly video game update. We'll uh, but, video games. but I'm sure within the next year or so, we'll be talking more about Nintendo because uh, there's a movie coming. That's that's news from like a week ago, but hey, it's going to happen, and I'm very excited. What's this now? Uh, Illumination. They do the Despicable Me movies. Oh, that. They're, okay, yeah. they're reaching a deal with Nintendo to do an animated uh, Mario film, and 
give it to me now. Uh, that's such a good idea. I mean, the the cutscenes for the new Mario and the recent Mario games all play like you know animated movies anyway, with like gorgeous visuals. And yeah, I I want that. I want that that goofy little plumber to you know be on the big screen. Do you think they're gonna stick with the main voice actors from the video games, or are they gonna? Well, the the main voice actor from the video game. There's really only one guy, uh, and it's Charles Martinet, who's done the voice of Mario for like 30 years. And it would make sense to just fill the supporting cast with you know big name stars. The Mario name is enough to get people to buy a movie ticket. I think you just don't. And there's gonna be an uproar if they cast someone other than him as Mario. I mean, I can see it happening. I can see them making a stupid move like that. It would, uh, it would, uh, but honestly, I don't think they will because Nintendo is going to be very hands-on with this. Uh, they got burned. Good. They got burned by Hollywood years ago, and that's why you haven't seen anything since the original Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> and I mean, their only dealt. The only thing they've done with movies is like you know the pokemon stuff and that's not really them that's the pokemon company they just have the license for it so they're going to be very hands-on uh shigeru miyamoto who invented mario has said he's going to be very hands-on with how this movie is handled so i have faith in him and i have faith in what Nintendo's going to be doing with their ip so hopefully they stick around with uh martinet because he is mario there we go so uh thanks for that report matt uh, video at- game news. Crazy, right? <laughs> like I said just a few minutes ago, I don't play them. But hey, if somebody were to gift me that Nintendo Switch and the Mario <laughs> game, I'd take it and I'd play it. Are your parents um, listening to this episode? <laughs> I'd rather have on my wish list uh, that the very top is a 4K TV. If anybody wants True. to do that, please. Then like after that, that please. <laughs> Um, I'd have to get like a 4K player. Uh, get me that new Christopher Nolan 4K set that's coming out in mm-hmm. December. Uh, just, yeah, just give me that. I'll be I'll be upgrading. I need that thing. Yeah, that uh, that set. If you don't, that's the news I was excited for this past week when they announced. I think, so what December, is in this? What is in this set exactly? December nineteenth. I think that's the date. I right before Christmas. Good idea. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yes, uh, several. Warner Brothers Nolan films, not all of them. Insomnia yeah. is not in there, okay. uh, and uh, Memento is not in there because I think they had the license to that for a few years, but I guess they, they yeah don't have it anymore. So what's uh, in this uh, this awesome set that I hear all about? So pretty much everything else. You have the Dark Knight trilogy. Obviously. You have uh, Interstellar. You have oh, that's oh that's going to be real pretty. Inception. Okay. You you have is that it? Uh, the Prestige. Okay. Yeah. So that's seven movies, and also Dunkirk. That's that that's comes the in the set. One. Yes, that comes in the set. Excellent. Yes. I uh, yeah, I'll be getting that. That's cool. Yeah. So yes, uh, I'm just looking at it now. Yeah. It it it's it looks it's a nice looking thing. They're all HDR, which is, is very important. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's that's one thing I'm learning when looking at. When researching this 4K stuff. Yeah. Uh, um, Rocky had a uh, terrible uh, thing happen to him where it turns out that his TV did not have HDR, so he got rid of that thing real quick and got a different one. <laughs> there you go, yeah. So be warned out there. This episode might come out right before Black Friday, so uh, that that's a good tip. Look into what's 
being sold out there, like those those 4K TVs are on sale, make sure you have an HDR. Make sure you have uh, HDR, and uh, this episode is also brought to you by Best Buy. Uh, go, <laughs> go to Best Buy because they're having a 4K disc sale where a bunch of their 4K movies are only $10. So stock up, fam. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, yes. Uh, oh, that, as for me, I'm doing fine. Let's move on. Uh, yeah, how are – no, really. How are you? How you been? It's been I'm a while. I'm fine. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm yeah. right. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I say that as I look down at my notes. We just did a Spielberg episode, and uh, I, I highlighted on my notes, sexless. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I said that as I said, I'm fine. I'm good. Then look down, sexless. Oh, that was the Spielberg thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you were saying we've you've done two sexless uh, directors so far. <laughs> the two Stevens, and I forgot to make the joke. Just wait for our De Palma series. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And then we'll just it's nothing but sex. I was thinking, like, what's the director who's just like filled with sex? Uh, we'll do him and Verhoeven. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm doing all right. You're doing good. I'm doing pretty Let's, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad we got this together. This is an impromptu recording. Pay what you want. Yeah, totally didn't plan on this. No way, no uh, way. But uh, here we are. So much so. Well, no, I don't want to reveal that just yet. We could have a guest in the wings. But oh. <laughs> uh, before we get to that, uh, what are we going to be discussing on this week's show, man? Uh, we're going to take a trip down to Matt's Riddle Corner, where I give cryptic clues about what films we'll be discussing this week. Well, we're going to watch a live-action cartoon for two hours, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a thing. And then we're going to... Go back to uh, gangsters and snow and all that good stuff. And then we're going to go to Berlin and have a blast and a half. And then we're going to hop on a train. And then we're going to go to New York. And then I don't know what this is. It's some. It's something that Marcel has to talk about. And then yeah. we're going to then we're going to talk about a little man on the moon. And then we're going to rob a racetrack. And then we're going to uh, you know delve into technology and tattoos. Nice. Okay. As always, a contempt for the audience. I don't have uh, a contempt for the audience, goddammit. <laughs> uh, and again, if you don't know what's going on, just look down at the podcast description. I Please say don't, because that's cheating. <laughs> this is not a game. Uh, speaking of games, it's time to reveal who the guest is this week. Who is it, Matt? Tony Clifton. That's our guest hey. today. We have a contractually obligated appearance by Tony Clifton on HeyCast. How are you, Tony? Hey, Matt. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't do it, Tony. <laughs> uh, that was bait, and you went for it. That was awesome. <laughs> I really wanted you to do a Tony Clifton. Uh, I, can't no, do, I can't do characters. No, we don't, we don't have a guest this week. I'm sorry. This is very it's impromptu. Right. Again, impromptu. We just recorded the Color Purple Spielberg uh, episode and I was like, "Hey, do you have?" Oh, sh- <laughs> the one thing I I wanted to record, we haven't recorded yet. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe by the time this is out, we have a Paul Blart commentary out, and oh, I go, God. "Matt," um, because I, I uh, all you did like, was listen to the commentary and you didn't like <laughs> ask me to record anything for it. But I'm like, no, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Go, go back, okay. L- let me go back a bit. Yes, I I asked Matt, can you stick around after the, the Spielberg thing and record five minutes? Um, because I left five minutes before that commentary ended, and Matt, 
and our guest on that. Marcus. I finished up the movie you, for you. you. You finished up the movie. I came back and you were done. And I was like, okay, uh, maybe me and Matt now just record like a, like a post script for that. And I forgot to do that. <laughs> so womp, womp. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. So we're doing this. So like, Hey, you know, we don't have a, you know, hey, cast this week scheduled. So why not just since we're here, let's do this. And that is this segment explaining what's going on, a peek behind the curtain, as because I'm sure everybody loves when we do that. This is how the sausage is made. Uh, but yeah, usually here we'd go, hey, our guest, uh, let's get to know him. But since we have no guest, we're not I doing guess that. We can, just, we can just skip that. Uh, I think before I had previously done like a character. What was the guy's name? Uh, was, uh, Brett? Who is it? Jeremy. Jeremy. Who? <laughs> Remember? You, no, you, never you, again. <laughs> we don't speak of him. I won't. No, he's he's not here. He's out of town. He's oh, thank he's, God. Uh, he's in Spain right now. I think trying to find himself. Good. So <laughs> he can stay we there. We, we, we won't see him for a while. Uh, so no, nobody. Uh, why don't we just dive in? I want to sure. just get to the movies. Okay, let's start with this one. The first movie. <laughs> okay. Matt, yes. Let me, just, let me just quickly say, very fast. Um, early on Twitter, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this movie that I just saw. Let's pretend it never happened. Okay. <laughs> um, and we had a back and forth, and I'm like, eh, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm hey, what you watching? It's not going to happen. I'm just Too gonna bad. Move on. <laughs> but now, I You're guess I here. have to. I, I, in my head, I'm like, okay, next time we record, we'll have a guest, and Matt and the guest will talk about it, and I'll just like lean back and won't say anything. I'll be fine. <laughs> no such luck, my friend. No, so I'm here. Uh, we'll talk about this movie, the latest in the DC cinematic universe, the sure. DCE, the DCEU, which uh, is not what the the people at DC want us to call it they don't want they they like that name came out of some article from some rando and now everybody calls it that interesting i did not yeah. know this yeah so the DCEU is not the official name of this it's i think it's just called the the DC cinematic Un- no not even that i think the DC it's universe just, yeah just DC whatever it's based yeah, on comics the DC whatever um so that's my review of Justice League. It's the DC <laughs> whatever. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Matt, you go first. I, and I'll say my my take is not going to be negative. It's just I just have things to say that might be controversial to people. It's a mess. It's a mess. But you, okay, you go first, then, I, then I'll jump in. Matt, you like this a lot more than I did, I'm, okay. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I was... I've been thinking about this movie all week. Uh, I really want to go see it again. Yeah, I saw Justice League, uh, which... If you read the review that's up, to, up on Talk Film Society by Rocky Juarez, uh, he really hits a lot of nails on the head that I attach to and really add to you know my enjoyment of this. It's basically a two-hour episode of Justice League, the animated series. And it plays like that. It plays like that. It plays like a big, dumb crossover event from DC Comics uh, that you would get from, like, the 90s or, or whatever. Uh, it's it's a very death and return of Superman. Uh, spoiler, he comes back. I mean, I know people have been complaining that, you know, the fact that Superman is in this movie is a big spoiler, but you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, 
you're a complete moron. If you did, if you did, if you didn't think that Superman was going to be in a Justice League movie, you're out of your mind, or you've never even you don't even know what a comic book is. Uh, that's that's my disdain for the listener this week. Uh, if you if you thought that there wasn't going to be a Superman in a Justice League movie, I am sorry for you that you would actually believe that. Uh, I love this thing; it's fun. Uh, I would still love to see the original cut that, you know, whatever Snyder had at the time. Uh, And I have some, you know, inside sources into that, which I, you know, they're totally off the record. I'm not really going to mention them here. But needless to say, it was different. Uh, You can feel the influence of Joss Whedon clearly in the quips and the jokes here and there. Um, Yeah, this movie is... It's a mess from an editing standpoint, uh, from a um, storytelling standpoint. It's very disjointed. But I can't say that I didn't have a blast and a half. I mean, this seeing Justice League on the screen is something I've wanted to see since I could pick up a comic book and read it. Uh, I've always been a fan of these characters, uh, especially Batman, especially Superman. Uh, he's probably my favorite of the DC characters next to like Swamp Thing. So that's where I go with that. This movie is it's it is a comic book. It's a live action comic book. It's super nerdy. I mean, they're dropping they're dropping shit on the audience like mother boxes and new gods and dark side. Uh, there's boom tubes in this movie. That what the hell? This is like if you've never even if you know nothing about the comic books, you're going to be totally lost and you're probably going to hate this thing because you're just going to be like, what the hell is going on? Why is there a giant CGI tube? making people travel and I would just be like well that's a boom tube that's that's what they use in the comic books to travel from place to place and that's what it is uh it's super nerdy it's super comic booky and it's super cartoony but that said I love the cast here I love what they're doing um more of Ezra Miller forever I could say that I think he is terrific uh halfway through this movie I forgot the name of the guy who plays the Flash on the TV show sorry uh Ezra Miller has just erased you from he he pulled a flashpoint and he erased you from my timeline sorry um Jason Momoa is a lot of fun as Aquaman uh it's crazy that they finally made put Aquaman in a movie I mean he like Rocky said in his review he's been the butt of jokes for years uh but thanks to, you know, what they're doing in this movie and what they did in the comic books recently, he's a badass. Like, Aquaman is cool again. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Uh, and I still love Gal Gadot. She's great here. Uh, this is the part that she really was born to play. And I love Ben Affleck here as Batman. I think he does a great job. Um, I was talking to a friend of the site, uh, Sam, uh, the other day, and he was saying... They really nailed the tone of Batman in the animated series. He's that sarcastic dickhead who just, you know, he wants to have it his way, but he realizes that, you know, maybe he needs a team of, you know, hey, super friends to uh, help him out. And yeah, I, I love this thing. It's just, it's a big, big mess, but I love what I got out of it. Uh, it's a huge tonal shift from what was happening in the uh, DC movies previous, and from what I've heard, Snyder's original cut was still a tonal shift from what had come before, but it just wasn't as drastic. It was kind of a prog- a natural progression uh, as opposed to what we got. But you know what? What we got is pretty fun. Uh, it's very fan service I mean, there's, a, there's Green Lanterns in this movie. Spoiler for that, I guess. Uh, 
yeah, this movie's crazy. This movie's wild, and it has some really fun post credit scenes. I I enjoyed them as well. You hated this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I hated half of it. I could see that. That make yeah, that's fine. Fifty percent of this. Okay. Uh, so you know, <clears throat> I saw this for me anyway, kind of late, like Monday. Like I usually like to see these things. Uh, as soon as they come out, Thursday, Friday. But you I weren't actually, feeling well. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually had a ticket to see it with Rocky on Thursday, but I missed that screening because of traffic. So, oh, yeah. So I had the weekend. And here and I was trying to cover for you, saying you didn't feel well. <laughs> <laughs> I had. I. I really wanted to make it, but could not do it. That's the truth. I was excited at that point to see it. Then the weekend happened, and. The backlash had already started, pointing fingers at Warner Brothers, at Joss Whedon. Uh, not some were pointing at Zack Snyder, but whatever. It, wh- whatever happened behind the scenes, it's apparent on screen that this it's it was a mess. You know, yeah. from from once uh, Snyder left to you know, and I can't the- blame him for leaving. No, uh, that's not a at all. horrible thing that happened. And we, and I send him my best wishes. I hope everything turns out okay for him and his family. But the movie suffered, and that's fine because, you know what? Oh, yeah. A tragedy hits. You got to do what you got to do. Uh, movies aren't the most important thing in the world. Exactly. I mean, I don't blame Snyder for, for, for anything, I mean, as much no. as I... No, 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 not at all. I mean, because he had stuff to do with. Uh, I mean, people were, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking about, like, oh, Warner Brothers should have, like, stopped production and, like, waited for Snyder to come back. Like, why even bring Joss Whedon in to do the reshoots and, you Because know. he was already under the Warner Brothers umbrella because he signed on to do Batgirl. Yeah, so yeah. they already well, had him. And fun fact: Snyder brought on Whedon months before he left the movie. Yeah, so that's a little-known fact that a lot of people are glossing over. Exactly. Snyder Snyder brought on Whedon months before he decided to leave the movie. Yeah, to so, help I mean, out to help out with the tone and see what he could bring to the table. And I I don't know how much you know because you haven't told me yet what your behind the scenes. You know, con- yeah, confidential info is maybe you can tell me off mic, but uh, I just I will assume, I will tell you off mic. Don't worry. I just assume that Warner Brothers, after seeing the success of Wonder Woman, and also just what Marvel's doing, that they wanted just a tone shift in this, and they wanted a tone shift, and that's why they brought. Uh, that's why Jeff Johns got promoted to basically <laughs> run the show. I mean, he was the impetus to make this a lighter toned movie. And it is very Jeff Johns. Uh, this is kind of how he goes about crafting characters and just get, giving fans what they want, but at the same time, you know, not going with the flow of what you'll usually get. I mean, he is one of my favorite comic book writers. I love his work in the medium, and I, I'm happy that he, you know, had a helping hand in Wonder Woman. And honestly, I love what he added here uh, for the most part. I guess I'm trying to... Let me cut to the chase and say... I had all this in mind going into it. And I was expecting you know, a bigger disaster than what, what I ended up seeing. Yeah. Like, I, I'll be honest. Like, about 30 minutes, 40 minutes in, I was not feeling it. It was not... I was like, this movie is bad. I don't like the dialogue. 
the the bad guys terrible. The uh, a lot of it didn't, was not clicking. He's no worse than any nameless Marvel villain that comes along. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, when you have Kate Blanchett and Ragnarok, and now oh this yeah, she was in that. Wolf, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you like this more than Ragnarok, right? Oh my God, yes. Ugh, I couldn't I, I couldn't tell you one thing that happened in Ragnarok. Forty minutes. Like I said, I was suffering through the first forty minutes of this. I kept thinking I should have I should have just rewatched Ragnarok. Ugh. I, I am not having a good time, and then things picked up in Justice League about in, um, you know about halfway through, when the team got together that first action sequence when they're all together those little oh, moments in, uh, under underground in like the in the yeah sewer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah oh yeah. my god that's uh, good like when these hey, characters uh, shout out to uh, Ed for uh, you know doing some work on that scene that that shit was dope <laughs> yeah who was just on a episode of. Spielberg thirty three thirty three yeah, yeah. Temple of Doom yeah it I mean that stuff is was awesome that I stuff's liked, cool I love the uh, I love that vehicle that Batman's in I love yeah. the Nightcrawler uh, that thing was really cool uh, I like the scene that you know Joss Whedon added in where he's like he's talking to the Flash he's giving him a pep talk where he's like just save one person and then see what you can do from there I love yeah. I love that. So from there, there like the the character moments, some of the action beats. I was like, I was like smiling, laughing. I went from miserable to actually enjoying myself. Yeah, but there are moments still that just, again, like you're saying before, that there's a tonal shift here between what Snyder's universe was doing beforehand and what it was, what it was trying to do here. Yeah, and what other players, you know, Joss Whedon or whoever, were trying to add to it. It's so it's like it's weird, man. Like <laughs> it is weird. Uh, it's it's off putting. But hey, I when wouldn't say that. <laughs> for me, it was off putting, especially at the end when certain characters say "awesome." Like <laughs> I forget who says it. Uh, I think Aquaman goes, "All right." <laughs> oh yeah, and oh yeah, love um, him. my man. Why no? Uh, I I don't know. Those give me all of the Jason Momoa forever and always. I don't. I'm. I, I might be the first one to say I don't like Momoa as Aquaman. Oh wow, that's crazy. He's too much of a douchebag, and I don't like that. So well, yeah, Aquaman's a dick because people like make fun thing. of him all the time. So of course he's a dick. <laughs> I mean, I'm still gonna watch the hell out of. He also has James. one of my favorite scenes in the movie where he's uh, spoiler accidentally sitting on the lasso of truth. Yeah, See, that's, that's good. That's funny. That's very yeah. funny, and it has a great punchline at the end. <laughs> But are there going to be moments like that in Aquaman where his like his douchey exterior is like undercut by other people? We'll see. Like I, we I hope see. Amber Heard. I hope Amber Heard is in it a lot more than she is this. She has and like Nicole a Kidman. Yeah, and Nicole Kidman. Okay, that and Dolph Lundgren and Willem Dafoe. I'm, I'm looking forward to more movies in the DC universe. Sure, I want another Henry Cavill Superman movie. Yes, I do too. I want him to fight Brainiac or Metallo. That would be cool. Because fun fact, listeners, if you only go by the movies, his only villain is Lex Luthor. Yeah. Ever. And it's boring. Let him fight Brainiac or, like, you know, the kryptonite-powered cyborg called Metallo. Like, give me that. That would be cool. (laughs) This iteration of of Superman, I love. He actually... I mean, we've talked about this before. He's fun. 
He's fun. I, this is what I wanted out of the Henry Campbell Superman. Sure. I, we, we've disagreed in the past about and a what few Snyder's scenes, Superman... And a, and a few scenes with him in this movie made me cry. Like, I'm not going to lie. When he meets up with his mom again, just that one little... And, and then it precursed by that one little line that he says to Lewis. He's like, oh, you called mom. And I'm like, oh, oh, man. This is going to happen, <laughs> isn't it? And then, yep, it happened. I started crying. This is like filled with spoilers, but I don't care. Uh, I, I mean, I was just gonna say, go see it. If you're I gonna see think- it, if you're gonna see it, you've seen it already. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and everything we're saying, I mean, it's just it's it's Justice League. It's yeah, you you know what you get into like big dumb fun. <laughs> what yeah, what what makes this movie is those moments. Like another like maybe my favorite scene, my favorite moments in the movie are with the Flash and Superman. Yes. There's a moment. When yes, Superman comes back to life. Spoiler, uh, he meet, yeah. <laughs> he meets, I love uh, that fight too. Yeah, and, uh, when he first, first comes, when he first comes back. Yeah, it has my favorite line in the movie. Yeah, which is I, which is uh, spoiler. Yeah, we're just spoiling the shit out of this movie. Just fast forward like yeah. five minutes. Or uh, whatever. It's right after he picks up Batman and throws him against a car, and then Batman yeah. gets up and said, "Oh, something's definitely bleeding." Uh, my favorite line in the entire movie. I thought Affleck like killed. He crushed that line. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. You don't have your power suit on, do you? No, no, you don't. No, you're, you're going to be but ripped no. to shreds. There's a moment with the Flash and Superman. Oh yes, uh, during that that sequence that I was like, oh, that's where I was like, this is amazing. I didn't know I wanted this before, but now I know exact scene you're talking about. Yeah, it's, so it's when the Flash tries to sneak up on him, but you see yeah, him like, yeah, yeah. catch him with you his eye, and it's like, yeah, yeah. and the whole audience was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, My audience it, was really in on this thing; they loved it. Me too. I, I had a pa- people were cheering Monday night. Yeah, they clapped at the end. And I was yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's. I mean, this it, it's a crowd pleaser. If you it's can fun. go see it with a big crowd, because it yeah, it's good. You time. know, a lot of it works. And, but, if you, and if you like nerdy comic book shit, please go see it because uh, you're in for a treat. Yeah, it's got but, boom tubes. <laughs> I still say, you know, as much as I liked those moments, those the character moments, the action sequences, like it's still like a Frankenstein of a movie. Yeah, which, it's definitely a Frankenstein's monster, not the Frankenstein it, himself. No, no, but. exactly. Oh, you're one of those guys, Matt. <laughs> oh, you're one <laughs> Frankenstein's of Frankenstein's monster. Um, which is funny because there's like, how do they bring Superman back to life with a bit of a uh, bit of electricity, just like Frankenstein's monster? Yes. Yeah. So. If I were to write like a really, uh, uh, you know, tw- film Twitter letterbox review of this, I'd go, "This, this is Warner Brothers." <laughs> You're already like, "Because I've read big- those and they're fucking boring." That's something Jeremy would write. Uh, um, I've read so but- many reviews where it's like, "This is the death of cinema," and I'm like, "Shut your mouth! It's, it's a comic book movie. It's not cinema. Just stop." Like, certainly, it's not my favorite comic comic book movie of the year. It's not. But there are moments in there that no, mine is Wonder Woman. <laughs> make it worthwhile. Yeah, uh, I need to rewatch that. I think my favorite is like maybe Guardians Two. Oh yeah, um, I forgot about that one. <laughs> that that's really that's a that's a great time. Man. <sighs> I guess. Oh, I hate you. Um, but Justice League. I mean, fifty percent of it is bad. Fifty percent of it is fun. So that's where I lie, right in the middle. Good. Um, I would have liked to have seen. Uh, Snyder's complete vision. I would have liked to have seen that movie. Uh, as much as I don't like Batman v Superman, that had a lot more going on yeah. with it. 
uh, like under the surface than this. I'll say. There, I, I, I'm trying to wrap up. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know if there's going to be. I okay. Can I ask you, Matt, if you, since you know all this inside mm-hmm. information, is there going to be an a, a extended cut? Can you say? Um, no, there won't. There won't be, be a cut. Uh, okay. If anything, you're going to get a um, like maybe like an extra fifteen twenty minutes of deleted scenes. Okay, yeah, because a lot I, of the stuff does not have finished VFX and. These VFX houses have moved on to other things, and yeah. Warner Brothers is not going to spend how, mu- how much, how many more dollars to do the VFX. Uh, you're going to get like maybe 20 minutes of deleted scenes. Sorry, folks. Yeah, I, I figured- the directors, the director, the Snyder's version exists somewhere, but it's probably going to stay in his vault, <laughs> Oof. and none of us will see it. Maybe in the future. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. There's always a maybe. Maybe. Uh, so that well, that's interesting that there is a Snyder cut out there. Yes, there is. Those fans. But it'll just be those... two those horrible people. Uh, <laughs> but it's just too expensive for them to to do. It's not like with Batman v Superman where all the stuff was shot and then it was cut out for the theatrical. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, totally I, different thing. <laughs> maybe maybe one day they'll put money down and and make it happen, but. I don't know. We shall it, see. Not anytime soon, but uh, again, it's it. Uh, the last thing I'll say is, for me, it was very apparent what was you know Wheaton's and what was Snyder's. Um, especially, <laughs> I'm going to take a guess. Maybe you know this off the uh, off bat. This would be the end of it. Yeah, I have a um, I have a whole thing on it. So the yeah. the the two post credit sequences. I'm going to guess one was Snyder, 100. percent The other one was mm-hmm. Whedon. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. See? Which one was which? <laughs> um, I'm going to guess <laughs> the first one was Whedon. Yes, because that's a classic scene from the comic books. That's a, yes, one of the most yes. famous issues ever. And second one was Snyder. All Snyder. Yeah. And and, and, know, and and oh my God, I can't pronounce his name, but Joe Mangi, whatever, the guy from Magic Mangiliano, Mike. yeah. Oh my God, he looked so badass as Deathstroke. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh my moments, god, he looked badass. There are moments where it's like clearly Snyder, and I'm like, and that final post credit sequence, and I guess we spoil it, whatever. Um, I'm like, oh, like I want more of this. Like this is, and you're probably gonna like, get it. Hopefully, I, I, you'll get the legion. It's the Legion of Doom slash the Injustice League, whatever you want to call them. They yeah. go by many names in the comic books, and that also gives a chance to have like a lot of like nerdy villains, like because he basically brings together the major villains of. Each of these characters. So for wow. Aquaman, you would have Black Manta. For the Flash, you would prof- <laughs> you'd either have Captain Cold, who I don't think they would do because he's basically like a Mister Freeze, but he's like a bank robber. Fingers crossed for Gorilla Grodd, uh, because I want to see Ezra Miller fight a giant ape, and I think that would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> they need to get super comic booky and nerdy. That's what I'm trying to say here. So we'll see. So what? Aquaman's coming up. Uh, Wonder Woman two. What else is that? Uh, Flash is that still happening? Flashpoint, yes. Flashpoint, yeah, yeah. It's that's happening. So we'll see what happens. And that hopefully gives me my uh, dream of seeing uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Batman because that'll be fun. Oh yeah, I'd like to see that. Because you know what the Flashpoint is. I think I read about it when that news hits. It's basically but, the whole reset of the yeah. uh, the the whole thing where. Barry fucks up the timeline as Barry is known to do, and it's basically 
um, everyone knows how you know Bruce Wayne's parents died. Yeah. Well, now it's I. From what I remember correctly, it's Bruce Wayne who died as a kid. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So basically, his father goes crazy and becomes Batman, huh. and his mother goes crazy and became the Joker. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. Oh, it's wild. Flashpoint yeah. rules. <laughs> And it's F- interesting. Fucking Barry, always messing up the timeline. God damn it! <laughs> it's inter- it, it's. Uh, I don't know if you know this. Maybe you know this or not. But like, I have a feeling at, we won't see Affleck as Batman anymore. Uh, maybe Which is we'll a shame him. because I really like him in the character. I I, I, I do like him in this. I love like him he- in this. I love him. I love his back and forth with Jeremy Irons. I think. Yeah. Jeremy Irons is a godsend for this series. I think he's a terrific Alfred. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. I was kind of surprised of how much in the movie, and this may be, you know, Whedon or like you know Warner Brothers putting this in. Like, there's there's like a, a, a like a subplot of like Wonder Woman, like afraid to take over, and Batman saying like I'm basically like on my last leg. He's like he's I like I've been doing this for twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's so like I, I don't a- I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> so it might be like Affleck just going just just write me out of these out of these movies, just get me out, which is a shame because like, he's. Actually, pretty decent in these. So, yeah, it's, it, anyway. it is a shame. He's pretty. Um, good I mean, yeah, I think we covered it. I mean, yeah, yeah, Justice League. I I, I have fun mostly. <laughs> um, let's move on. Sure. <laughs> uh, wait, what is this? Snow, steam, iron. Okay, this is this is uh, related to Justice League. Actually, okay, tell me about um, this. I have no idea what this is. Okay. Uh, earlier this year, uh, af- uh, after he left Justice League, Zack Snyder got together with a couple of friends over a weekend and shot a four-minute short on his phone and released it. And it is a four-minute short film. Uh, basically, you know, uh, it takes place with, like, gangsters and stuff, and it's basically the uh, the the women are trying to basically escape these gangsters. Uh, it's all very moody. It's all very stylish. And it's one of the coolest things I've seen all year. Uh, everyone, you can check it out on YouTube. Uh, he put it up there as well. It's four minutes long, well worth your time. Uh, and it's, it's just amazing what you can shoot on a freaking phone these days. <laughs> uh, I go. love it. I loved it. Yeah, I had no idea this was a thing, but I'll check it out. It's, it's well worth your four minutes. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> Fine, I will. Also, real quick, uh, on Sam... Sam's recommendation, I revisited uh, Sucker Punch. I've been on a Zack Snyder kick lately. I watched the extended cut, and it is much better than the theatrical version. And I really like it now. So there you go. You get an Oscar, you get an Oscar Isaac musical sequence uh, where he sings Rocky, Roxy music. And I am definitely here for that. And uh, yeah, no, it fixes a lot of the issues that I had with the theatrical version. And uh, yeah, it's fun. I've only seen the theatrical, I think, once. Oh, yeah. The theatrical's, like, garbage compared to the version I watched. Oh, uh, uh, maybe in the future I'll see that. Uh, I don't think I own it. I think I was, like, on the verge of buying it once. Okay. I just didn't. I had to buy it twice. Why? The first time I bought it, the Blu-ray, it had two theatrical version discs in it and not the extended <laughs> version disc. So I wanted to watch it. I was like, oh, what the hell? So it had two, two Blu-rays in it that were the same freaking disc. Crazy. I was like, is this like a hidden feature on the menu that I have to search for or look up an <laughs> Easter egg? Nope, nope. I just bought the wrong version. So I found a used copy for five bucks and I got that. And uh, 
yeah, well, well worth it. Uh, that's that's a pretty cool movie. There we go. Speaking of cool, Atomic Blonde. Oh my god! <laughs> you saw this for the first time <sighs> last week. Bless. I have seen it three times now. I I, I will have seen it. it three times by the next time we record. <laughs> <laughs> It's a lot of fun. It's a lot. It's it, it's pretty damn great, right, man? It's it's way better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I've said I said this on Twitter, but this was sold via the trailers as Lady Wick, uh, just you know, uh, movie action movie starring Charlize Theron uh, in the John Wick mode. Uh, what I got is one of the coolest and best spy, twisty spy thrillers that I've seen in a long time. Uh, I had so much fun with this. There's so many double crosses. There's so many lefts and rights this story takes. And I love every minute of it. Uh, the movie tricks you a few times, and usually I'm not a fan of that, but the way it does it, loved it. I love the cast here. I love the soundtrack. Uh, I love the look of it. I love the action sequences. And, yeah, I love everything about Atomic Blonde. Uh, it quickly jumped into my top ten on the year cannot wait to revisit this it is uh simply wonderful it's awesome and if you're a fan of you know spy movies and action movies and charlie Theron and john greatman uh <laughs> definitely check it out because oh boy it's a blast also hey shout out to that random tarkovsky cameo <laughs> <laughs> see I... Weird, real weird. Because I almost bought that Criterion the other day. <laughs> don't you but, not? I mean, you you don't like Tarkovsky, but I want to see I want to see Stalker. But that's just. More, I think we've had this discussion. Before. We have. We have. Maybe what maybe I, not maybe not on the mic, but just just to reiterate, you don't like Solaris at all. Right? Uh, Tarkovsky's Stalker is pretty much more the same, so I don't think it'll. It'll play well at, at Matt Carrion's house. So. Whatever. I bought Skyrim instead, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll work for you. But, there you uh, go. But I mean, but even me. Hey, I enjoy. <laughs> this is going to be. I'm sorry for those film snobs out there, but I enjoyed the Tarkovsky Stalker sequence in Atomic Blonde more than the experience of watching Stalker for the first time. <laughs> this past. Uh, Come on, it's a cool scene. It takes place in a movie theater, and they get thrown through the movie screen. <laughs> that shit's awesome. Stalker is dense. It's like three hours long. There's so much going to it. It's like one of those movies you have to watch like, you know, several more times over the next 30 years to fully comprehend. Mm. Let me just enjoy Atomic Blonde, okay? I, I I think we had this discussion on on our whatever Slack thing where yeah, you're yeah. like, oh, they saw this. And you just said you saw this. They saw this as John, Lady, Wick, whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, well, when I saw the trailers, I saw... You know, John Wick-esque action, Charlize Theron, and a spy movie set in the 80s. And I'm like, that's that, that's what I want. And that's what I got. And I loved it for it. It's it's fun. I Can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> it's one of those where I, I don't fully understand why people don't like it. Because what were you expecting? Like, the plot is convoluted. It's a fucking yeah. spy movie. Hell it's yeah, it's a spy it is. movie. It's like, I love spy movies. Same. I, and this is very much like the spy who came in from the cold, or uh, just, just any you know. Uh, what the fuck I should I see. Think? I should see that movie. John Lacar. John Lacar. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, it. It. It's in that vein where there are twists and turns. People are double agents. People are quadruple agents. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I ate it all up. 
Uh, I love I love that final message at the end. I'm not going to say it, but like the reveal is mm-hmm. great. Uh, yep. Uh, I guess the only thing I, bad I could ever say about it is like maybe the needle drops are too on the nose. Uh, I don't care. Not when those songs are so fucking good. <laughs> oh like my maybe, god, they're so good. Maybe a, a, a moratorium on under pressure. <laughs> maybe just uh, that. Actually, um, yes, because that is my <laughs> least favorite thing that David Bowie ever put his hands on. <laughs> I don't uh, like that song at all. But, but for the most part, but other than that, the soundtrack is very much my brand. For the most part, uh, like the yeah, the songs like for like three quarters of the film are like yes, like the great '80s tracks. Love the them. movie starts with New Order's Blue Monday. Yes, I'm sold. Yeah, come on, uh, Cat People by Bowie in yes. the beginning. Loved it. Um, yeah, Theron in this movie. I saw Theron in this and Fury Road. Some of because I was recording that Fury Road concert. Yeah. Um, she's an action star. It's I and this just she's proves pretty it. good. More and more so. So, she's got yeah. the chops. I mean, somebody I forget who I've, I've run into a few people online saying they don't like this movie, and I'm like, whatever. Too I, bad. I, I really dug it. They lost. I do. Sorry, it's the death of cinema. <laughs> it's not Justice League, Matt. It's only Atomic Blonde. It's every movie is the death of cinema. You didn't know this. <laughs> um, but no, this is. I mean. Let me just say, if you dig spy movies, you should dig this. If you dig mm-hmm. great action, you should dig this. Charlie Theron, you should dig it. So, yeah, it's it's like hovering near my. It, it wasn't my top ten for a while. Then like I saw like Lady Bird and Lady Bird, and then it you know pushed to that. But it's 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 up there for me. It's crazy because I was looking at my top ten, and there's a lot of there's a there's more than a, a few movies in my top ten that have you know. Strong female leads. <laughs> Ooh, you know, <laughs> it's pretty wild. Real quick, uh, I, I noticed that in my top ten too. Um, and if I didn't just have this up, I'd yeah, tell you. My, Here. In my in my top ten, the, quick, the, yeah. the movies with strong female leads are The Beguiled, Atomic Blonde, Wonder Woman, and Wind River. Uh, it's a great year. <laughs> and for me, Lady Bird, Colossal, I, Tanya, Gerald's Game... The Beguiled. So, I've only seen one of those. You should see all of them because they're they're all fantastic and they have fantastic female leads. Oh, and Brie Larson and Free Fire, but that's an ensemble. But that doesn't count. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there you go. So uh, that was Atomic Blonde. Um, yeah, it rules. Speaking of snow, there's snow on Atomic Blonde. There's snow and murder on the Orient Express. That's yes. the only way I can transition. There you go. And a train. Uh, yeah. A train. I, uh, did you get to see this yet? Not yet. I, I Hey, I got my movie pass this week. Hell yeah. So I'll be seeing that. I'll be seeing Murder on the Orient Express because of my movie pass. So nice. soon. Soon. Yeah, so I reviewed this for uh, Talk Film Society. I uh, gave it a pretty positive review. I really like this thing. Uh, I'm very much sold on anything that Kenneth Branagh does because his style of directing is, I guess, what the kids would call very extra. Uh, <laughs> he he he's he go he swings for the fences with every shot. Uh, there's one shot in this movie that's like a bird's eye view of uh, discovering the body and you know gathering clues, and it it just it's jaw dropping. Uh, I love his Poirot. Uh, I love the fact that they've already announced a sequel. Uh, The next one they do is uh, Death on the Nile, uh, which they reference in Murder on the Orient Express, which is really cool. So I was like, well, they have to do it now. Uh, 
but I'm very I'm very excited to see Branagh tackle Agatha Christie novels, much like he started out his career tackling Shakespeare. Um, he's basically just running down the world's most popular authors in his career, and I'm totally fine with that. Really love this movie. I love the cast. Uh, I love uh, the story. It's a great little whodunit. Set on a train. Listeners who don't know, uh, they're on the train called the Orient Express. There is uh, there's twelve people on the train. One of them gets murdered, and we take it from there. And it's a lot of fun. Uh, the performances are great across the board. I really didn't have any issues with anyone in this movie. Uh, I was shocked at how much I enjoyed Josh Gad because I don't really know him outside of. A cartoon snowman, I guess. <laughs> and it was weird to see him, number one, in real life, and number two, crushing it. Uh, he During his interrogation sequence, uh, that's when it sold me. I was like, you know what? This guy's good. He's got some acting chops. He's pretty, pretty damn awesome. Uh, it was great to see Daisy Ridley not in a Star Wars movie. That was cool. Uh, she's terrific here. And I'm so happy that Michelle Pfeiffer is doing more movies and more often uh, earlier this year, she was in Mother. Now she's in this. Next year, she's going to be in Ant-Man and the Wasp. So she's coming back in a big way, and I am very happy for that because I've always been a fan of Michelle Pfeiffer ever since I was a kid, and uh, I'm glad to see her doing stuff here. Brownog's great in it. Uh, he plays a great Poirot. Uh, yeah, he's uh, the original Batman. He's a detective, <laughs> and uh, it's pretty freaking great. Uh, love the cast all around. Really good movie. Can't wait for the sequel. Before we move on, um, the percentage of which Johnny Depp is in this movie? Uh, I'm not sure, really. There's a lot of flashback. Okay, but it's minimal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you should have just said, like, 1%. I would have gone okay. tomorrow morning. But no, it's fine. Also, um, get out get out your pitchforks, because I think he's really good in this movie. Uh, I'm going to just delete I'm, this entire episode <laughs> please don't uh <laughs> this is one of those movies where i'm i'm planning a mini movie marathon for my own personal uh spare time called uh johnny depp gives a shit a retrospective where i'm just gonna watch movies where he's actually good in them so and this would probably be one of the ones i watch you know along with like ed wood and fear and loathing and public enemies uh He's pretty darn good in this for the amount of screen time that he has. He really gets into playing this uh, shitbag character, and uh, but not without its laughs. Uh, and it was also weird to see him not in stupid makeup for once. That was fun. Isn't it? Doesn't he have like weird eyes or something in this? No, no, no. He has like a. It looks like he's got like a scar on his cheek. Like he got like slashed once, but oh, yeah. he, but he's not like under ten pounds of makeup, like he <laughs> or in a stupid pirate outfit. Or a CGI iguana. It's it's nice to see him, you know, look his age. Oh, which, okay. Which is nice because walking out of the theater, I didn't realize how old he was. I was like, he's still early forties, right? And Carl was like, no, he's like fifty five. I'm like, no. Jeez. I was like, no, he's not. He's fifty four. Had no idea. Good for him. <laughs> good, good for him for aging. <laughs> Uh yeah, I, I'll see this. I will. It's a good and it's a good time. All right. Uh, I'll trust you for now. 
for now. Yeah, we'll Thanks. See. We'll see. Uh, what's the okay? Oh, oh, oh! This is this part of like a triple feature I did that night. Uh, okay. I watched Murder on Orient Express. I got home. I watched the one from the seventies. Ah, okay. Uh, with uh, Albert Finney and Lauren Bacall and Sean Connery and uh, and uh, who else is in it? Anthony Perkins. It's fun. It's good. I prefer Brannock's version. Okay. Uh, I just like the characterizations in Brannock's version a lot, a lot more. Yeah. So yeah. Was that it? Oh, oh, and then after that, I decide it was just sitting on my coffee table. So I watched uh, Manhattan Murder Mystery, and I had a blast watching that. So I was on a murder mystery uh, tirade that night. So yeah, I had a good time. It was, it was <laughs> that was a good weekend. Yeah, because like on the cause I you like make capers. The, you make you make the list and put them up for us to see, and I just saw M M M. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, not writing out. I'm not typing out that entire <laughs> title. Please do. You have to write out everything because here's what I do when I edit these and release them. I just copy paste from Skype. Oh, okay. Put it in Sorry. the. No, I'm just I'm kidding, Matt. Whatever you can do, whatever okay. you want. Um, Manhattan Murder Mystery. I remember liking that one. It's fun, and the funny thing was, I had posted online that I was watching it, and the next day I went to visit my mom, and she's like, "Were you watching my DVD?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> I bought my own. I gave yours back." She's like, "Did you? I have to check now." Because I have a habit of borrowing movies and not returning them. <laughs> you are awful. But no, it's a fun movie. It has a g- lot of great one-liners. Uh, yeah, it's it's a blast. I love Alan Alda. I love Angelica Houston in it. And uh, yeah, it's fun. I love that it ends in a movie theater while the lady from Shanghai is playing. That That's fun. <laughs> uh, so there you go. So you're on a mystery kick. I was. It was fun. Good. Speaking we- of mystery... What the hell is Nathan for you? <laughs> okay, so everyone's talking mic, about it. I gotta know. Off mic, you 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 told me you had no idea what it is. Um, I, have, I have friends who are obsessed with it, and they can't even explain what the hell it is. They're just like, you just have to watch it. See, that's wanna, not enough for me. I want to talk about Nathan for you. The latest episode, the the season finale, Finding Francis, which was a ninety minute uh, extended episode of this show i want to talk about that but matt's like you have no idea what the show is so i'm gonna have to explain what nathan for you is before i can talk about finding francis so here we go matt okay do you know what what i tell do you know what a television show is uh i'm vaguely aware of them (laughs) i watch like a few of them so sometimes shows come in hour segments or 30 30 minute you yeah. know, segments, you know, chunks. So this is a 30-minute show. Do you understand comedy? Somewhat. I really like The Good Place. <laughs> <laughs> so Nathan For You is a comedy show on Comedy Central. Uh, the, the premise is Nathan Fielder, the comedian, uh, as he says in the intro, he has an expertise in, uh, in, in you know, business, uh, he got decent grades in you know business school, so he's gonna he's gonna take his skills to businesses around you know America to help them. It, it, it's like those shows where you know like Chef Ramsay goes to um, a restaurant, you know, improves them or whatever shows out there do that now. Okay. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna go there, help these businesses out, you know, help them be successful. Okay. So. Uh, but it's a then <laughs> this is that that's the basis which is straight enough, but you know but then it delves into 
a a a I don't even know how to describe it. It is hard to describe. It's a parody show, but you know, played straight. Okay. So what so here's an example of, of one recent thing he did. Uh so for a, he so a a chili maker, right? Okay. Um he's he's, he's trying to make chili, he's trying to sell chili, but he can't sell chili in this stadium, right? And okay. uh, for first for, you know, sports games. So Nathan is like, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a suit that dispenses chili. I'm going to hide it <laughs> underneath like padding and stuff. Okay. Uh, I'm going to shoot chili out of my wrists. <laughs> like a Spider-Man. <laughs> and I'm going to keep cheese in my hat. I'm going to keep sour cream in my cane. Okay. <laughs> And and so then you see like him pull it off. He goes into the stadium. He, he, but yeah, that's the premise. That's just one example. That's not even the craziest thing. Okay. So Matt, please watch the show. It is hard to explain. Like he, it starts very basic. He has he has ideas. Then he just runs with them to insane lengths, and it's hilarious because the people who the the business owners they're they they, they don't know what's going on. <laughs> they're playing it straight. They don't. I, I can't imagine a lot of them know this is like a, a comedy show. They think it's a yeah. real show. Um, but no, Nathan Fielder, and he, he is a master at playing it straight. He tells them this is what's happening. He doesn't you know smile or anything. He's very serious about it. He goes, this is what I'm going to do. And then he does it. <laughs> and that's the show. So okay. It's old. Yeah. So please watch it. It's on Comedy Central. Okay. Um, it's probably on Hulu, which, I'm guessing. I think. Maybe um, I'm hoping. I mean, Broad City's on Hulu, so why wouldn't yeah. why wouldn't this? So, so fingers crossed. Hopefully, those episodes are on Hulu. Please watch them all. I, I suggest you watch every single episode leading up to this episode. Well, Ryan yeah, Francis. of course I would. Why wouldn't that's yeah? That's just crazy because it does. I'll say there's there's an arc that goes through the, through the entire series. Nathan Fielder, the character on the show. I imagine he's a character because. It's too genius to be real. Like throughout the the series, he's kind of a loser. He tries to find love. Uh, he <laughs> so much so that like I think in season two, he sets up his like his own dating show. Where he, <laughs> he fools his women to, to come and and basically date him. They think they're on a real reality show, but it's just like Nathan for you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Uh, people just people on the show just call him a loser. Like this, this private detective, like early on in the series, he's like, "You're you're the you're, you're the clown of loneliness or something." So, <laughs> so that so you, you take that you take that that his character that he's built over the last you know four seasons, and you and that all pays off with this episode, Finding Francis. Now this is where it gets even more crazy. Um, so finding Francis, this, the season finale, which is like 90 minutes long, uh, he, 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 uh, he talks about this guy, this Bill Gates impersonator who was in an episode of his show. That's going to be hard to explain. That's okay. (laughs) He was was part of like a, like he was part of an episode of his show. Let's just say that he's a Bill Gates impersonator. He's a strange guy. He's like a 60, 60 year old guy. Who after that episode just hangs around Nathan Fielder's, <laughs> you know, offices and just, just hangs chills. around. Uh, and he mentions that he is still in love with this woman who he knew like forty years ago. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then he, he, he keeps saying he should have married her. So Nathan is like, okay, I'm going to use all the expenses that I have on this show to help you find Francis, your long lost love, who you, who you say you wanted to marry and you've lost touch with. You don't know where she is. So that's the premise. Like they go and find Francis. Interesting. Um, the, and again, like, like I said before, the business owners, everybody who's not Nathan Fielder, they're playing it straight. They don't, like, yeah. they, they just don't understand that this is a comedy show. They're not, they don't get I, I can't imagine they're putting on, you know, bits or anything because, I don't know, it, it, this, this episode plays with, like, what's real and what's fake. Okay. In, in amazing ways. Like, few, few films I've seen, documentary films, have played with this in this smart of a way. Um, <laughs> There's, I'll mention this. There's a point where Nathan Fielder, who I have to imagine is playing that character I talked about, right? A lonely character. He wants to see where, you know, this Bill Gates impersonator, like how he treats women. So he's like, okay, I'm going to set you up with a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you're just going to go on a date. You're not going to have sex. But this guy, um, his name is Bill. Uh, he goes. Bill goes. No, I can't do that. It's uh, it's uh, it's against my ethics. I can't do this. So what Nathan does is he he goes out on a date with this prostitute and they just talk. And it's a str- it's a strange, wild trip to see Nathan Fielder like be with this prostitute and uh, and just basically maybe fall in love with her. <laughs> and you're like you you're you're lost and like is he? playing it for real like what's where's the line what what am i watching <laughs> how much of it is real how much of it is fake so yeah that's just one aspect of it matt um again hard to describe but i think it's worth your time anybody who's listening um i think i've only you know cracked the surface on this there's just so much happening let me tell you one more thing and then i'll stop talking so one thing that Nathan does in this episode is like, okay, so he has to, he, he has to find the yearbook uh, from Francis's old high school. So what does he do? Uh, he, he finds out that this old high school, well, he, he can't get the yearbook because like, they have a strict policy. You have to be uh, a family alumni. member of, of a student or alumni, but you know, he's not any of those. So what he does is he finds out that, that this high school – uh, in this town, they shot the movie Mud. Oh, so, oh I love that movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what he does is he lies to the high school and he says they're making Mud 2. <laughs> <laughs> he finds an actor from the first Mud movie, um, like a like an extra, behind the scenes extra. <laughs> he gets that guy to audition for Mud 2. Mud. Jesus, that's a deep cut. <laughs> he gets that, that extra from Mud to audition for Mud 2, gives him the part, "Quote unquote." Then they go to the high school, saying they're they're location scouting for Mud Two. The high school believes it, oh and God. and Nathan goes to like the archive, saying, "Hey, can we take one of these yearbooks so our production team can like, you know, re- you know, re- uh, replicate it for you know props?" And they go, "Sure, why not?" So that's how he took our <laughs> a yearbook oh, out of that high awesome. school. That's awesome. That's just a glimpse into the madness that this is um, Mud Two. <laughs> The mud too, the muddening. <laughs> so yes, hopefully I've sold you on Nathan for you on this show. It's 
in this episode, it's the you best have. thing they've done. Uh, it all it all leads up to this, and I hope there's another season and even more craziness. Uh, it's it's bizarre, funny, smart. Yeah. Uh, if I were to judge it with the movies of the year I've seen, it would be up there. It might nice. crack the top ten. It's nice. just that good. So. Yeah, I'll be checking this out. Yeah. Uh, another thing you watched was Jim and Andy, The Great Beyond, featuring a very special contractually obligated mention of Tony Clifton. It's a new documentary. Tell me about it. <laughs> I'm glad you... Uh, I'm, I'm sure you recited that from memory. You sure I that. did. <laughs> I'm not so looking this. at a screenshot of my computer screen right now. <laughs> hey, this speaking of what's real and what's fake, this movie, this documentary... Uh, first off, I want to say I hope Jim Jim Carrey is doing okay. Um, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> really? Because this documentary, okay, the backstory on this: uh, a film crew followed Jim Carrey on the set of Man of the Moon. Uh, the tapes, a movie I love. Yes, Man of the Moon is amazing. Um, the tapes were never released until now, so this documentary takes those tapes, plays a lot of them. And Jim Carrey, you know, present day Jim Carrey sits down and um, talks about the footage and talks about himself. This Uh, just came out on Netflix, right? Yes, it's on Netflix. It came out last week. Please check it out. It's a bizarre trip into the mind of Jim Carrey and into Andy Kaufman. There's like three, um, three, three stories going on. Andy Kaufman's story, Jim Carrey's story, and the story of the making of man on the moon and it becomes more Jim Carrey's story by the end. And just to hear him talk about how he deals with his persona, you know, the characters he's playing his purpose in the world. It, it's like deep stuff. It again, I hope he's doing okay. <laughs> I saw the trailer for this and I was sold immediately. Yeah. Not just um, because of my love of Andy Kaufman and Jim Carrey and man on the moon, I'd really like to see, you know, more of what went into that. So what went what went into it? Just a, a brief glimpse of it. I'm not going to f- fully deep dive in because much like Finding Francis, it's a smart documentary about what's real and what's fake. Yeah. So because he never I mean, turned it off when he was filming. no no no. And there's the 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 footage, the behind the scenes footage of the making of Man on the Moon. It's amazing. And from what I've heard, he drove Milos Forman insane. Yeah. Okay. So let me talk about that. So Milos, <laughs> that poor man, Milos Forman, like you see it in that footage, he is trying to reason with Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman, and Jim Ugh. Carrey, Jim Carrey in the interview portions, you know, present day Jim Carrey, he's he, he he refers to himself in the third person as Andy Kaufman. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he's like, no, Andy, you know, if Andy didn't want to work that day, he. You know, he didn't want to work. Or if, adding another layer, if um, Tony Clifton was an asshole on set, then, you know, I can't control it. That's what Jim said. Like, Jim Carrey said. It's bizarre, man. So, yes, you see Andy Kaufman. Jim Carrey has Andy Kaufman on set, and you see Milos Foreman trying to reason with him. He's like, Jim, uh, no, no. He goes, sorry. He goes, Andy, please, let's let's do this. Let's shoot this way. And, you know, Jim Carrey's Andy Kaufman's like, no, I don't want to do it. No. It's baffling uh, to me that Man on the Moon was completely shut out at the Oscars that year. Not a I, single nomination. 
it's 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 crazy. I I, it's, I need to rewatch first off, Man on the Moon. First off, it's Jim Carrey giving one of his best performances. It's yeah. Milo, Milos Forman who was a perennial favorite at the Oscars to at least get a nomination for at least his movies. I mean, what the hell? I don't get it. I don't. It's baffling. It's baffling. He really, Jim Carrey poured his heart and soul into playing Andy Kaufman. Maybe because he had won two Best Director Oscars and was nominated like two years before for a third one. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? But I don't know. I I mean, he's a great filmmaker and I love, and Man on the Moon is one of my favorites from him. Yeah. Um, I want to rewatch that now. (laughs) So please, folks listening, check this out. And, you know, watch Man on the Moon first, and then watch this. And watch more Milos um, Foreman. <laughs> please watch more Milos Foreman. But He's yes, oh, great. One more thing, uh, then I'll leave it at that. Uh, current day Jim Carrey, he tells a story about how Milos Foreman uh, goes to, you know, quote-unquote, Andy Kaufman. He goes, Andy, can, can, can you tell Jim... To, to talk to me later. <laughs> Can you do that? <laughs> <laughs> and Jim Carrey's Andy Kaufman goes, okay. So later... Maybe. <laughs> so later, Milos is on the phone with Jim Carrey. Uh, and he's talking about working with Andy Kaufman. <laughs> oh, God. And Jim... So... Oh, this is so confusing. So Milos goes, Jim, like, can you work on set and not Andy Kaufman? Uh, can you be Andy Kaufman? <laughs> and not and not have Andy Kaufman on set, and Jim Jim Carrey goes, well, Milos, like, uh, I can I can fire I can fire Andy Kaufman, uh, but my impersonation of Andy Kaufman won't be as great as Andy Kaufman himself. <laughs> and Milos is like, <laughs> I know, and Milos goes, uh, uh. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like, fine, uh, he's like, uh, don't do it. It's he goes. It's fine, uh, he, and he admits he's like he, I. I don't want to lose that, and and then Milos goes. I just wanted to talk to Jim for a bit, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, it's it's extraordinary. And again, like what's real, what's real, what's fake. There's a moment in this that it's like super meta, where I'm like, is that real? Like something that happened on set. Like for those who know the backstory of like the making of it, something something with. Uh, uh, Jerry Lawler, the wrestler. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it. I don't know if it's real or not. There's some crazy behind-the-scenes footage and how it plays out. I'm like, well, I don't know if you know this, but Jerry Lawler is another person who never turned it off. <laughs> I know. Uh, he I was, mean, he's always in character, no matter what. It's uh, it's it's incredible. Just uh, and and Jim Carrey says himself, like maybe the more in- interesting movie would have been the making of the movie, because um, like just the footage and the stories that, that he tells about the making of the movie, it's pretty damn amazing. So yes, please watch this. It's on Netflix. Uh, really, really good. And you know, let's, let's hope for the best with Jim Carrey. Okay. Let's hope for the best. What's next, Matt? Real quick. I finally took partook in November, I guess I watched Stanley Kubrick's the killing, which, uh, this is my second time seeing it. And, it's just as great as it was the first time. Uh, it's a great heist movie slash noir thriller, I guess. And uh, yeah, I love it. It's a lot of fun. It's Kubrick doing uh, doing a heist, and you can't get much better than that. 
It's really good. I need to revisit it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what else I else I can really say about it other than it's freaking awesome. And yeah, please watch. If you have the chance, get the Criterion because it also comes with Killer's Kiss, which is pretty good. Yeah, I like that. I remember like, even back then. That's like maybe what his second feature. That film? was his second one. Yes. Super experimental. Yeah, it's then. crazy. That movie's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, the killing's awesome. Uh, the whole cast yes. is great. Uh, loved it. Loved it. Love it so much. There you go. Please watch it. Uh, speaking of killing, there's a lot of killing in the girl with the dragon tattoo. I can't talk mm-hmm. anymore. The girl with the dragon tattoo, the David Fincher 2011 feature film. It real good. <laughs> it's good. Um, I've been on a kick lately listening to murder and mystery <laughs> podcasts. Jesus. Real life murder and mystery podcasts. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> Uh, I find it, I guess at this point, fascinating uh, hearing details about real-life serial killers and criminals and having watched Mindhunter a few weeks ago on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I guess I got to catch up on that. <laughs> yeah. Which, if you don't know, that's uh, Fincher's, you know, uh, uh, serial killer TV show, serial killer investigation TV show. Uh, but yeah, but I've I've had that on my mind. It not not that I want to kill anybody. I want to make that clear. I'm not killing anybody. <laughs> and 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 you can use this as evidence in my future court case. That's fine. But no, like I was just like yeah, I was just in that mood just to watch Girl with the Dragon, with the Dragon Tattoo. And yeah, it still works for me. I really loved this when it first came out six years ago. Same. And now wow, like, it's been it's six like, years. Wow. Yeah, crazy. I, it, it works so well that I forgot that it was three hours long. It just yeah. kind of zoom, zooms by. Zooms, and zooms, first, zoom. <laughs> the first, first night I was watching it, I was two hours in. I did not realize it. And I was like, oh, man, I'm tired. Like, what time is it? Like, oh, well, how much more is it left in the movie? 48 minutes? Oh, shit. You're like, <laughs> so oh, I'm to sleepy. To, yeah, I had to go to bed. Like the only, I, That's the only reason I stopped it, because I would have just watched the whole thing. Yeah, well, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> Ah, but I, but no, it's I great. just couldn't do it. I was just I love so tired. It. I love it. I, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. One aspect I'll say real quick that I love and and um, I, I really paid attention to this time, the editing. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I, I, <laughs> I remember when this editing team won the Oscar this year for this movie. Um, I forget their names. I apologize. But they also did Fincher's Social Network. And okay. they, had won the year, they had won the year before. Which was great. So this is they had a back to back win with this. Damn right. When they won, when they won, when they got on stage, they were just as surprised as most people. I think <laughs> they they did not expect to win. They had just won last year. Yeah. So on stage, from from what I remember, they're like, "Thank you, thank you." Uh, they didn't know what to say. They're like, "Okay, thanks. Any thanks for this? I guess." <laughs> yeah. Thanks. And they just left. They just left quickly. So. Uh, I it I it, it's well deserved. I'll say because um, there's like. The there's so many there's so much going on in this three nearly three hour movie, and it shifts especially at the end between you know Daniel Craig's character, uh, you know almost being killed by what's his face one of the scars guards, Stellan, uh, Stellan, and Rooney Mara you know doing her investigation connecting the dots and the pieces coming together at the end it works so well editing wise so uh, that definitely stuck out for me and hey Rooney Mara. Jesus, it's she's amazing to- in this film. Totally she's, unrecognizable. Yeah, lover, lover in this. Yeah, even even Daniel Craig, who people have criticized, like he's well, those people at, can at, shut up. 
<laughs> as it was written in the book and like in the Swedish miniseries, like it, it, you know, you know, James Bond in that role maybe not the best fit. Some would say, but no, he's like, he's great in this. He's I fantastic he's in yeah. this movie. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. I love how it looks at our relationship with technology. I think that's really cool. How. Basically, there's that one scene in the film where her laptop breaks and it's like her whole world just came crashing down because that's all she has. Uh, it really hits home with that. Uh, I love what Fincher's doing here. I love the cast. Like you said, the cast is terrific. Uh, shout out to Christopher Plummer for making me cry in this movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, his final scene in this is uh, earth shattering. I, I love him in this movie. I love him in this role. And, um, yeah, love it. And, uh, shame that that one actor is always connected as the, uh, horrible piece of shit in this movie. Uh, cause that's all I could think of when I was watching black hat. The numerous times <laughs> I've seen black hat, I was like, Oh, it's that horrible monster man from dragon tattoo. I hate him. I hope he dies. And then he died and it was great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Hey, uh, there's one thing I was going to say, but I just forgot. It is late. We're almost done. Don't Damn. worry. It's a great movie. Um, I love it. It's fun. It's not fun. No, Jesus Christ. This, is <laughs> movie, this movie is like the anti-fun, but holy crap, it's great. Oh, and I got to say, I love the score. Uh, yeah. Reznor and Ross uh, did another bang-up job uh, scoring a Fincher movie. Uh, they're, free, they're three for three in my book when it comes to Fincher, so I hope they work with him again. Two things real quick. One thing real quick. Like, I like Craig in this role, Dana Craig, because it kind of feels like the anti-James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. It has, like, a James Bond opening with um, that uh, Immigrant Song uh, cover. So good. That brilliant opening credit sequence. Um, and, like, Dana Craig's character is, like, the anti-James Bond. He just, he just fucks up, really. And, and, yeah, well, and, you know. And, and, and needs to get saved by Rooney Mara's character, which is great. Elizabeth, like, she's amazing. Uh, that's one point. Second point, Matt, let me ask you this. Yes. Would you consider this a noir movie? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. See, yeah, it does work. Without I mean, a doubt. Craig is like playing like a basically it's, a private detective. Like he's he's hired to solve this mystery. If people want to get on my case, it's neo noir. How about that? There you go, neo noir. Let's just say that. Bunch of turds. <laughs> Calm down. Uh but yeah, I had a really good time watching this again. So Yeah, I've been itching to rewatch this lately and I'm probably gonna be watching it soon. Yeah. So there you go. And thus ends the show for this episode. Oh. Oh, Matt, thank you for making this happen. This is impromptu. And yeah, it was, it was fun. Super, I had a good time. Super late for you. Um, I got but, work in the morning. Hey, I know. I, I, I got to get up early. I still got some Skyrim to play. <laughs> I've had it paused this entire time. <laughs> uh, well, I'm not going to keep you from your Skyrim any longer. I want to murder some dragons, Marcelo. <laughs> I'm getting pretty good at it. I'm dressed like Link. It's fun. You know, uh, for the longest time, I always thought that game was pronounced Scrim. Scrim. Like the guy... (laughs) You're the second person to make that joke this week. That's pretty funny. Uh, But I legitimately thought West Anthony made that joke. He's like, they made a video game named after the guy from from Phantasm. (laughs) I'm like, they sure did. (laughs) But hey, speaking of... People you know on Twitter. But I guess, spe- <laughs> real quick, uh, real yes. quick, I want to uh, congratulate Wes Anthony. Uh, okay, n- next week is the 100th episode of Musical Notation. Uh, 
He's come a long way. Love that show. It's one of the favorite podcasts that I listen to. Uh, this is a quick plug for him. Uh, his knowledge on movie music and music in general is beyond anyone I've ever met. And you'll listen to that. Each episode is like half an hour long, and he runs through you know movie soundtracks and, and such, and is a treasure trove of knowledge. Uh, one of the best podcasts out there. If you want a real good one, just listen to the most recent episode, episode 99, where he goes over the Godfather trilogy th- soundtrack. And uh, I learned a lot, uh, and I thought I knew mostly everything about that series when it comes to music. Uh, listeners, check out uh, Musical Notation on whatever podcast service you use. There you go. So it's a plug for West Anthony. Congratulations on 100 episodes. Maybe we'll get there someday. We will. Cast. We will. We will. And we'll have him of- back on the show one day, too. Yeah, so speaking of this podcast, let's end it. Matt, what about your plugs? Where can people listening find you online? Well, as usual, you can find me on the Twitters, at TheRealMattC, and you can find me on Letterboxd under the same name to make sure I'm not lying about movies I'm watching. You can also find me over at Talk Film Society, where I'm the editor-at-large, and you can also find my other podcast, Spielberg 3333, where we're looking at all of Steven Spielberg's movies in chronological order. Uh, it's a lot of fun, folks. Uh, been getting a lot of good feedback on that show. Awesome, yes. As for me, same thing. Listen to Spielberg 3333. Um, I'm having and, such a good time. And soon we're going to have Takashi Miike, 110, 110, or whatever. <laughs> that was a pretty good joke. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we haven't decided what season three is going to be. I mean, it, it's hard for me to even think about it because I want to... This run ends... At Ridley Scotch. Uh, maybe, maybe. that That's a maybe. Actually... Well, no, this is an off-mic conversation for sure. We'll talk about it. Let's not set, let's set things in stone. But sure. yes, I like how this, like I've said before, this is these are seasons. seasons oh, I can't talk. It's like midnight right here. Seasons. Uh, season one was Soderbergh 2828. That went extremely well. So far, so good with Steven Spielberg 3333. Just kill me now. Um, but no. <laughs> Uh, who knows what the future will hold? We'll see. Um, but thanks gonna, for listening, folks. And then we're going to do Tom Ford 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Oh, yeah. Th- there was that one. We're, we're not going to say it on air, but there's that one idea you had about a filmmaker, film like a director who's only done like five films. Mm-hmm. That might be a special episode. We have to get that together. I really want to do that. Yeah. He's, he's, he's in my top five directors of all time, so I'm very, very eager to do that episode. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that'll happen sooner than later. So, Pretty crazy when a guy makes four masterpieces and one that's eh. <laughs> and then that's it. It's a great but, track record. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, so there you go. Um, that, yeah, that's, that's all I have to say. That's plugs. Hey, yes. Matt. Great show. I had a fun uh, time. 91 went super well. Hey, it's at this point. Hopefully this comes out around Thanksgiving. I'm thankful, Matt, to have you as a co-host on Hey What You Watching. Me too. <laughs> You're fantastic. So that's it. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy turkeys, so- everyone. Matt, I don't know what happened in the last like gobble, five minutes. Gobble till you wobble. My my engine just went to like zero fast. Like the coffee wore off. I'm Damn. super tired. Um, thank you folks listening. Thanks, Matt. Hey, if you listen to this this far, I'm going to say one more thing, then I'm going to say goodbye. (laughs) 
rate us on iTunes. Okay? Yes, we, we haven't do. talked about that in a while. Uh, give us five stars. Only five stars. <laughs> uh, yeah, none of that. You, none of that four, four and a half bullshit. Uh, review us. Uh, if you do, we'll give you a shout out here. I swear. As always. Uh, as always. But yeah, do that. Please rate us. Uh, continue listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Matt. Hey. It's time f- for our signature catchphrase. So long and thanks for all the fish. Thanks for listening, folks. And keep on watching. Oh, yeah, that one. <laughs> it's a bit. It sure is. This has been a Talk Film Society podcast production. Produced by Marcelo Pico and Matt Curione. Go to talkfilmsociety.com for more podcast goodness.